Welcome to Pop Yak, where we yak about pop culture. Let's start off with the news and notes. First off, the biggest pop culture news, and the most heartbreaking, is that Daft Punk decided we're retiring. It broke my heart into a billion pieces, because I felt like I needed one more <laughs> Daft Punk album. We, as a society, needed one more Daft Punk album to get through these, tr- these troublesome times. You know what? I'd rather them go out the way they want, as opposed to sticking around far too long, past their expiration date. There's a lot of people suggesting bands that are like Daft Punk that you can get into uh, in a lot of Twitter threads that are really fun. And also, if you haven't seen it already, there's a Daft Punk anime, Interstellar 55555. Did I say five fives? If I didn't, that's what it is. It's a fantastic animated movie that kind of takes the Discovery album and puts it in a whole new light. I love it. It's one of my favorite movies. Go watch it. Where? It's probably on somebody's streaming service. Also, that movie has such a nice, nostalgic anime style. Oh, it's so beautiful. So pretty. If I had an anime, that's what I would want it to look like. I want it to have that throwback. Everybody has huge sideburns and huge eyebrows style. And the characters are not just all high schoolers. They're all fucking badass adults with guns and spaceships and shit. (laughs) Moving on to the next news. That's a little more bright and cheery is that the Spider-Man cast is trolling people with fake titles to Spider-Man just for the lulls. You know, there's no other... They take the Spider-Man brackets home shtick that Spider-Man is known for and making fun new names like Zendaya's like Spider-Man Home Slice. This one, I can see like he's coming home, right? It says Home Slice like a knife. You could put Craven the Hunter in that movie. If you were making a movie based on these titles, that's what I would do with them. So Spider-Man Home Slice, Spider-Man Comes Home. And at the end of the movie, in the credits, he eats a slice of pizza. But it's whole, it's the whole thing is like Spider-Man's coming back home to New York, and he's going, oh, it's so good to be home. And he can't relax because the Sinister Six is forming around him, is what I would do with that concept. And at the end of the movie, in the credits, he eats that slice of pizza. So Spider-Man Homewrecker, which, oh man, would totally be a nice Rhino movie, because like I said before, Rhino's uh, ambitions, the reason why Rhino does what he does is because he's in love. Wrecked at home. Another person who has a family that Spider-Man could destroy inadvertently is Sandman has a daughter, and there's a really, really touching issue of Spider-Man uh, about Sandman that I own the individual issue of just because I felt it was so heartwarming. Uh, it's about Sandman and his daughter. Spider-Man could wreck that home inadvertently. That'll be pretty cool. So you can have a Sandman film. I think that the guy that they had, they cast to play Sandman last time was the most perfect Sandman. I don't think you can get a Sandman better than that. And you could probably just pull him from the multiverse. Who cares? Marvel did that recently where they kind of merged the multiverses together and then picked which characters they liked the best and put them in this universe. So, And then there's Spider-Man Phone Home, which is hilarious. And it's like Spider-Man in space, which actually totally happened. I would love for him to encounter the Guardians of the Galaxy. That would be a fun... That would be hilarious. That's just a comedy. There's this action in it, but not very much. And it's all for, for shits and giggles. And they... I'm trying to think of something fun they could fight in space. Let's fight the Collector, who wants his very own Spider-Man action figure. So those three uh, joke titles could actually make for really good movies, but they're not... That's not... That's not real. It's not happening. In anime news... Demon Slayer, the movie, that, and I've mentioned before that Infinity Trains have become the new hotness. Vampires were hot at one point, zombies were hot, and now it's Infinity Trains. There's a, there's a cartoon called Infinity Train, and I think that I'm getting the name of this movie wrong because of the TV show called Infinity Train. There was an episode of Adventure Time with an Infinity Train on it. Um, I do believe, if I'm, if I'm remembering right, the My Brother, My Brother and Me their D&D game had an Infinity Train, if I remember correctly. Snowpiercer is a movie, now a TV show that's pretty popular from what I'm hearing. 
people love them some trains with variety cars. They love them. And I think now is the perfect time to have a railroad system where you can go, I don't know, cross country or go to different states. And each tra each train car is a different theme. That'd be fun as hell. Man, I should write that down. That should, that should be my new business model. Make an entire railroad system with different themed train cars. Yeah, that's something I can do. Let me just take out a loan. But yeah, it beat the Demon Slayer movie surpassed Spirited Away as the number one all-time Japanese film worldwide. That is incredible, and it automatically makes me hype as shit to see the movie. And hell, it even has its own stickers in McDonald's in Japan. Hype. Also, uh, in anime news, uh, Jujutsu Kaisen, which I uh, covered on Anime Weekend, the now defunct Anime Weekend, is now Anime of the Year. Good. I mean, Anime of, of last year, 2020's Anime of the Year. That's huge for Jujutsu Kaisen, and apparently it's still going strong. It's doing, it's doing some good shit. I don't know. Something about it didn't grab me, um, but I'm going to give it another shot. I'm going to give it another uh, college try and tell you guys how I felt about the entire season once I'm done. Uh, but that comes after I watch the 100,000 shows that are also happening, like Superman and Lois Lane and Captain America and Captain Falcon shows coming out. It's like, look, I, don't got, I might not have time to watch the anime of the year, but it's the anime of the year. I got to make time, right? Speaking of making time, you ever watch a show so good that it like affects your podcast schedule? I was like, I have to get this out sooner. This can't wait till Thursday. I got to get this out at least on Wednesday. So WandaVision was incredible. <laughs> it had like a modern family style thing. I saw a lot of Arrested Development in it, but that's probably because Darcy and Vision were driving around in a funny vehicle for most of it. And that's kind of like one of the big gags in Arrested Development. But they did the whole confessional style sitcom thing like and you see that in the office a lot and we did get a character staring at the camera like he's on the office we got the vision doing it wanda seems to know what she did well she always knew but now she's given up on trying to hide it she's like fuck it you know what i've been trying to do all this shit and my powers are freaking out and everybody outside knows about it and they're stressing me the fuck out so i just want a me day so she decides to just give up and shrug her shoulders and just to enjoy the fruits of her labors Problem is, remember I think I mentioned before that Wanda's power, if she's distracted, right? So everything's getting a little wonky. And that's probably because Agatha's fucking with it. That's probably also that Dormammu Fly is fucking with it. I feel like Mephisto is a red herring. I feel like people just want it to be Mephisto because Mephisto saw a rumor or heard from a producer or something that Mephisto is going to be a big deal in the next run of things and I don't think that that's the case I think that the whole point of the next arc of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is the multiverse and I'm more thinking about Dormammu especially since uh they're running a strange academy thing which is like Umbrella Academy but it's Doctor Strange and one of the kids that goes there is the son of Dormammu or Dormammu as a little kid I'm not quite sure yet I haven't read it so that makes me think that they're trying to get everybody who reads comic books re-familiarized with Dormammu and the whole multiverse is crazy and Doctor Strange dealt with Dormammu before so I think Dormammu is the big bad of the arc but I don't think he's interfering with this thing with this stuff here I honestly just think it's Agatha especially since she made a song about how it's all her uh if you want to say that she got that Agatha got her powers from Mephisto sure sure we can do that but I don't think it's the thing that everybody thinks it is. Everybody's looking for anything to be Mephisto. They're like, yo, that fly is Mephisto. And it's like, yeah, I get it. Mephisto was a fly at one point. But like, y'all reaching. <laughs> They're like, yo, did you see that kid in the background? He was a devil for Halloween. Mephisto. Um, This episode did have a couple of like 
fun Easter egg costume gags. Like there was a woman dressed like the Phoenix riding a unicycle in the circus. I thought that was cute. Is she going to be Jean Grey? I don't know. Maybe. Who the fuck knows? So it's probably not the Phoenix, but it was a fun gag. Same way that we had a gag for the Sentry here in this episode. He had a huge belt with a big ass S on it. And I get it. The S stands for strongman. But like what strongman has an S for strongman on his belt? It's usually the great like whatever instead of the just my title is strongman on his S on his belt. So his name is probably the great Steve and the S is for Steve. But the way it is on a giant belt and he has, uh, you know, these big gauntlets and he's a strongman harkens back to the fact that Superman's costume is based on strongman. That's why he has his underwear on the outside. Guess who's Marvel Superman? The Sentry. So that was a cool gag of having the Sentry in this. Do I think he's going to be the Sentry? Probably, actually, yeah. Like, the Sentry's backstory is interesting. So I this could be how the Sentry becomes the Sentry. I think that the Sentry has to go through the field, through Wanda's field, like three or four times, because we see that going through Wanda's field three times made Spectrum, Spectrum. Monica Rambeau is finally the Spectrum. I love how her spacesuit changes into her costume. I thought that was so cool, because Monica Rambeau's, like, costume is black and white. So I really like that. I don't know. I'm a big fan of Monica Rambeau's hair. I think it's really cute. I like that we can tell when she's using her powers. The the idea of having her eyes changed so we can see her look at the visible light spectrum is pretty cool. And yeah, that's Monica Rambeau's whole thing is that she can, her powers have to do with the different spectrums of, of light and radio waves, right? So I'm interested to see, I'm really excited to see how they use that power in a more kind of realistic universe. Considering Marvel Comics is the more realistic of the two, because like Marvel Comics feels like, what if science gone wrong? And DC feels like, what if mythology? They went even further with the scientific based stuff with the Ultimate Comics, even going so far as to make Thor a, you know, most of his powers were created by technology. I would love to see Spectrum done in a similar way for the movie universe. And I swear, I think that's why they did it. And I'm thinking that because in the Ultimate Universe, Samuel L. Jackson is Nick Fury. And that's, I think, one of the reasons why Samuel L. Jackson decided to sign up. Because I think the rumor is that he saw a comic book and with, you know, Black Nick Fury on it and said, why am I on the cover of this comic book? And then was like that. That was it. That sold him. Wanda's using all of her resources and powers to divert Vision from coming home. And it's really stupid because Vision realizes, like, a little bit through that, hold on a second... I could just fly there and he just kind of warps through the truck and flies home because Wanda's putting like obstacles in his way. That's where Wanda's attention is. So much so that she's like, where's my, where's my kids? She's like, you know what, Agatha, you take the kids, you babysit them. That'll be great. The funny thing is Agatha does become the boys babysitters in the comics. So that I thought was a really cute touch. Where are they now? Who knows? Um, Agatha had a conversation with them where the kids kind of voiced their frustrations about things, but the whole idea of Wanda needing a like vacation and a break comes to a head in the commercial for the week, which is a commercial for like a antidepressant called Nexus. Nexus is a big fucking deal. Nexus is like the train terminal, the Grand Central Station of the other universes. So the fact that that's being brought up and it's being brought up as a way to make Wanda happy makes me think she's going to go and start snatching Pietro's And, you know, Billy's and Tommy's from different universes and maybe Vision's from different universes. 
So that could be cool. We can see a different version of Vision. And this is what I think the What If cartoon that's going to be on Disney Plus might have a huge part to play in the multiverse. One of my favorite What Ifs, by the way, is what if Wolverine was born in Chicago instead of Canada? What if he brings Chicago Wolverine to the current, to the MCU, just to kind of say, this is how we're going to recast Wolverine. It's a great way to recast your entire cast without having to explain the fact that Chris Evans just is tired of working out. And that Hugh Jackman wants to sing more. Which, let Wolverine sing, y'all. Give the X-Men a musical episode. Give the X-Men a musical. Honestly, I really think that the X-Men would work better as a TV show where they're just hanging out and doing shit and living their lives, right? Like a show like that, where it's very much like the Flash TV show where you have a bigger budget because it's on Disney+. Plus. And you can do fun stuff, and then you have your Monster of the Week. My pitch, honestly, for an X-Men show on Disney+, Plus: just make X-Men Evolution a show, live action. Please hire me, Disney+, Plus, to write your X-Men, because I could totally write the X-Men having high school drama and being in a high school. That sounds like the funnest job of all time. But um, let's go back to Monica Rambeau for a second and how she got her powers. When she was going through the field again inside of her spaceship thing, wearing her little spacesuit, I was like, oh my god, this is the origins of the Fantastic Four. Are we just not going to do the Fantastic Four? Or are we just going to pluck Doctor Doom out of that and just go, yeah, the rest of the Fantastic Four can go in the garbage. We just need Doctor Doom. That's shitty, considering that the Fantastic that Sue and Reed Richards give birth to one of the strongest mutants of all time, and you're trying to bring the mutants into the universe. But I guess because he's so powerful, they're like, look, if we have a mutant that powerful... We can't feasibly make any threats to him, to Marvel Cinematic Universe anymore. Maybe it's for the best. Agatha gets Wanda to go to the basement. And then Agatha busts out the um, banger of the summer, Agatha all along, with her, like, new opening, which is kind of like, you know, a very The Munsters-type opening. It's very Munstery, but it gives me Elvira vibes. But I just loved it. I thought the Agatha All Along song was fun. It made me laugh. I like that Agatha has a bunny rabbit instead of a cat because we're still going on, oh, the bunny, we need a bunny for the talent show. And Agatha has one because Agatha's always prepared because it's Agatha All Along. She had a rabbit. Maybe this is a cat that took a rabbit's form. Or maybe they said, animals are hard to shoot, especially cats. Let's change it to a bunny because rabbits are pretty chill and we'll just sit there and let Agatha pet them the entire time. Also, you don't see too many witches with rabbit familiars. Maybe that'll open up people's minds. Um, a big thing is I play Dungeons and Dragons, and a lot of minds are very close on what you can do and what you can be because the book says to do it this way. Nobody said you had to do it that way. Nobody is saying, you can. You, okay, you're a wizard. Do you have to have a frog or a rat or an owl because Harry Potter told you to? You can have whatever the fuck you want. You can have whatever you like. And one of the things that you can have is a fucking rabbit now is in the minds and hearts of people. Uh, and even though I'm tired of the purple tiefling, the fact that Taliesin on Critical Role introduced the idea that you can have a tiefling of whatever fucking color you want opened up people's minds to the idea of, oh shit, why don't I just do what I want? Same thing with on Critical Role, you had uh, Laura Bailey's character. I'm Her, her name is is slipping my mind at the time she decided hey all my weapons are gonna be flavored to be candy fuck it who's the book you could do whatever you want do what you want the world is your oyster in uh role-playing games thanks agatha harkness for making this wonderful show it's great the opening of this show by the way i thought was really awesome pointed it really stuck home what it, it's all about right 
the opening was Wanda's name a bunch of times. And I thought it was hilarious, by the way. It was just Wanda, 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 Wanda. And at the very, very end, Vision's name shows up. And it goes, oh yeah, Wanda Vision. I guess Vision's here too. Even though I don't really want him here because I don't want to confront that bullshit right now. That I thought was a nice, a nice touch. But yeah, WandaVision was so dope. And I'm, every week now, it's the most must-see show that I'm watching right now. Um, a really big reason why I watch anime is that it's not a binging experience. I hate the fact that we binge everything because it really makes it hard to catch up on TV. Uh, I love the fact that we get episodic television because every week is an event. And it gets me excited every week to go, oh shit, it's fr- it's fucking Friday. It's time for WandaVision. I'm so excited. Instead of a show dropping on the weekend and by Monday I gotta wait, I gotta watch out for spoilers for the entire series. Hate that. But um, Attack on Titan's hitting its final season, and of course, like everything, I'm late to it. Well, that's just because I was trying to catch up to everything at once, and there's only room for so many things. Well, I still have to catch up to Fruits Basket. This season of Attack on Titan starts like no other season of Attack on Titan. There's weapons, there's technology, there's a war happening, like a real war with guns and bullets. And yeah, we do see some people in the interior police who have like muskets, but these are like this is a lot more serious. We see the enemy there with turrets at one point. I found that Falco's brother sounded really familiar, and I was like, man, he kind of sounds like he's from Dragon Ball Z. Like He sounds like Goku or Gohan or like a young Goku, like a teenage Goku. So I looked it up to find out who the hell his voice actor was, and the same guy voiced Akira Fudo from Devilman Crybaby, and I was like, that's where his fucking voice is from. I heard this guy uh, scream a lot. So when he does like a Dragon Ball scream while he's running, I was like, Damn, that hit me, and I don't understand why. The OP, the new OP is fantastic. I mostly just kind of listen to the music this time. Of course, I watched the visuals and stuff too, and seeing, like, the nuclear bomb stuff was weird considering. But the music, when I just, like, listen to it, at the beginning, the music sounds desperate. The colorful war and, like, gunshots and stuff like that makes war look less terrible. It's kind of like sanitizing war, which when you first start up this episode, they're in bunkers, very World War One style, and everything looks awful and terrible and bad. Even the people that they are fighting for are calling them devils. And it's like, damn, even the people on your side is being treated like shit. And apparently it looks like there's a subsection of these people that are titans that get treated like shit, and they're Eldians. And they get treated like shit because, well, you're the ones that could turn into titans, and it's not everybody, it's just these people. There are anti-titan cannons and anti-titan shells, and we see them in action against Reiner at the end of the episode. He gets, he gets turned into Swiss cheese real quick. And those guns are able to fire really fucking fast. Like, the problem with, like, muskets and stuff is that it's like, put a bullet in here, put the, the gunpowder in here, and then I'm gonna aim it, and then I'm gonna shoot it, and shit, I gotta reload it again, right? Like, that's the whole problem with those kind of guns. These cannons, it looks like, has rounds at least. Like, fuck, we got a clip that they just kind of <laughs> fucking pushes to the bottom of a whole cannon and just shoot the whole goddamn cannon through this train, which is like a t- anti-Titan tank on a track. And of course, you know, we get some Titans to pull the track up. We get to see this Titan that looks like he's wearing a cool-ass hockey mask. I'm just calling him, like, Mask Titan for now. And he's a little mini Titan. He's bite-sized like the other chick is from the last season. The bite-sized Titans are so cute. They do they move around so agile and fast. And the bite-sized Titan saves Reiner's ass once or twice. The fucking... Bite-sized mass titan is out here saving everybody's life. This titan is just the save-a-ho titan. I love him. He's my favorite. Well, no, that's not true. It's Reiner. It's always Reiner. Reiner's hot ass. (laughs) 
going around Brock Lesnaring everything. Watching him tear that Ford apart was so awesome. And the worst part about this is that it's a big war and you don't know whose side to be on, but it's real cool to see the Titans do cool shit. So it's like, fuck, do I cheer on the Titans who are, who may be war criminals and bad guys? Because they were kind of bad guys before. They were trying to steal the other Titans to win these wars. And that's what we understand that they were doing now. It's like, ah, I see. So they put the female Titan in there as a mole to kind of get Aaron or whoever it is to have the Titan power and get the fuck out. Uh, they also like, yo, we need the founding Titan because, woo, technology is poor, is progressing. And, t- and technology is progressing simply to destroy Titans. So, like, imagine a world post-Titans where people have these crazy weapons. They're going to be unstoppable. Like, I can imagine, like, something like a like a Gundam showing up and being the next stage of combat. But no, anti-Titan show could just shred that shit to pieces. What's war going to look like in, like, 50 to 100 years? We also see a bunch of candidates for titan juice later on the line this one girl is she's just i'm gonna call her the brat titan when she wants when she actually gets her powers she is so fucking annoying she gassed herself up so hard that i just decided i'm gonna call her gas head for a while because that is all she is she has gassed herself up being sweet on the commander to get her to do an attack and god damn it she there's a reason why she's gassed up it's because she's that damn good she goes in there and she actually blows up one of these tanks that sends hockey mask titan into the fray we also get to see long face again remember the dude with the long face that was just like a steed he was like a horse <laughs> why the long face oh my god is that is that it is that why he has a long face because he's a horse uh he's now also a fucking tank and he has a, a cool mask on that makes him look less stupid i think that <laughs> this titan needs to wear that mask all the time in combat because if i saw that thing coming at me as dumb looking as he looked I don't know, you know what, maybe that's more effective, he should actually go into, because I'm thinking, like, I wouldn't be able to shoot my, my turret, because I'm gonna be too busy laughing at this horrendous creature, but then again, if this was a real creature, and it's just a elongated human face, some Junji Ito-style nightmare creature, I'd be like, you know what, no, I, (laughs) I changed my mind, actually, no, fuck this, fuck that, I hate that, and I'd probably be, you know, uh, shaking in my boots, because that actually sounds terrifying, it looks, it reminds me of the, Beetlejuice, when one of the, when the ghosts tried to make themselves really scary to the humans, this fucking Beetlejuice Titan, Beetlejuice horse steed Titan ass, we'll see uh, what they do later, but it, this Titan does look cool as fuck with the mask on and this tank on its back, so I'll give him props there. There's also a Titan rain that they employ, and a lot of the Titans that rain down on, on this fort die on impact because they fucking... <laughs> their heads go right into their fucking napes and they die it's a dumb attack to send in titans as missiles but it's a smart attack i don't know i would instead maybe drop heavy rocks from above and they do have the beast titan pick up a bunch of rocks and throw it but i don't know R- titan rain is just a waste uh, uh, it's kind of it feels like a waste of life speaking of waste of life a bunch of aldians are like suicide bombers and it's like again a waste of life a, re- a waste of resources and they're like look i'm ready to waste 800 people and it's like yeah you're ready to kill uh, uh, 800 people because they're eldians and you hate them i kind of am on the side of the titans here even though it's like the titans used to be jackasses you know they're subjugated and treated as as pets and animals and attack dogs they're gonna turn around and bite your ass i don't know what why you guys decide that hey if we treat them like shit they're just gonna fall in line that's not how it works reiner jumps out of a blimp and he's like 
I've had it with these motherfucking walls on this motherfucking planet. And he jumps down and destroys the walls with prejudice. That was cool as fuck. Reiner's so cool. He also used part of the tank as a shield, which I thought was brilliant. They should actually take that tank thing back with them and kind of use a lot of the stuff that that's here as Titan armor out of this stuff. Because even Reiner's armored armor stands no fucking chance against these the anti-Titan shells. What the fuck are those things made of? Adamantium? Uh, the new studio has weird animations sometimes with the, um, when the characters are just talking, that kind of chain chomp talking, but they handle the 3D really, really well. Like the last studio that had the show did not handle the 3D well. It looked really bad, really fake. And this animation looks a little bit more like the way the Dragon Ball Z, um, fighting game looks. It looks really good, really smooth, and the animated 3D style of these characters fits in really well next to the animated characters. They don't stick out so bad. If you have 3 CGI, and I can only notice it for a couple seconds, it's damn good. And I understand the use and need for this kind of animation. I'm not against it. I just am against it when it looks bad. Same thing I am with CG. I hate it when it looks bad and when it's obviously obviously stands out against the realistic characters. Uh, so that when you look at a character, you're like, oh man, it just takes me out of the immersion of this shot. Um, also something I noticed at the very beginning, they were like, hey, people are recording this stuff at home because of coronavirus. I had no problem with the sound quality of anything, except for the guy with the really cool voice. It sounded like he had a bit of an echo going on in his recording booth because it's he's recording it at home right and he can't really have the same kind of uh, he doesn't have the same environment as everybody else it's a bit weird to hear this guy with kind of an echo these are unprecedented times and it didn't really bother me that much as again it's something you have to listen for in order to hear it it wasn't really even a big deal um the ending we see um falco there's a lot of birds the birds represent freedom in this show this is something that they kind of established earlier on and we see this kid also reaching out to the birds and wanting to be free and being shackled to a, the military just because you have the components inside your body to become a cool titan sucks that's attack on titan subscribe tell your friends tell your enemies share the podcast with people that'll be uh, that's the definite way you can help right now is spread the word that this podcast is a thing that it exists that it's out there thanks for hanging out